Thanks for joining us. And you know, when I talk, when I talk, uh, we, I guess we lost Tony for, Oh, there he is. When I want to talk NBA and Miami heat, there's one guy I want to talk to and that's Tony Fiorentino coach. How are you today? Hey guys, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for joining us here on Romberg and Corge. Coach Tony, man, it's been a long time. I love seeing you. I love hearing from you, man. How's everything going? How you been? Uh, you've been staying COVID-free. You've been avoiding everything. You've been bobbing and weaving? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, How you doing, Brett? It's good to see Not you. Not too again. bad. Yeah, you nice gotta, to see you, know, you man. You, you got to kind of fool COVID. You know, when you're from New York and you're Italian, you can do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, man? We had a short little break here with the Miami Heat. Did you, first of all, let me ask you this question because I ask every single Miami Heat fan this question. Did you expect the Miami Heat to do what they did last season? You know, I expected something unusual because the second game of the season last year, if Heat fans will recall, they went to Milwaukee. And Jimmy Butler did not go. He was he was not with the team the first couple of games on the road. He didn't play the first two or three games. His, his wife had a baby, his girlfriend right. had a baby. And so – we, they go to Milwaukee. Here's Milwaukee, highly touted, going to be the best team in the NBA by some. And they beat Milwaukee in overtime without Butler. Right. And that was the game where Milwaukee took a shot at the buzzer in regulation and not at a combo, put it in at the buzzer. So not only did the Heat win in overtime, they had to overcome. The game was looked like it was won, and it was sent into overtime. And they won. So you kind of got the impression – that this could be a special team. And at that point, coach, like at what point do you think that, because in basketball, obviously you're going to be playing against each other quite often, more than obviously football teams, you know, do you get a really good sense of what you're dealing with on the other side of the basketball court by, by say, let's say going up to Milwaukee and playing them in their house? Like, is it a good precursor enough to go ahead and map out the rest of your season every time you're going to be seeing a team like that? Well, what it does, yeah, what it does is gives you a game plan, gives Coach Spolstra and his staff a game plan on what worked. Now, obviously, Milwaukee saw what didn't work, so it becomes a little bit of a chess game. But we saw when Milwaukee came to Miami later in the season before the COVID hit that um, they surrounded Giannis. Middleton at that time, very good player, Hall of uh, uh, NBA uh, All-Star, he had an off game that night. He was 0 for 7, 0 for 8 from downtown. So he benefited from that. But they set up a game plan on how to deal with Giannis. You can deal with Giannis in a sense that you want to keep him from dominating the game. Even the game after the Heat lost last week uh, to Milwaukee when they had 27 threes. The next night, the Heat beat Milwaukee, even though Giannis had a triple-double. But they didn't allow him to like overwhelm the game and control the tempo. So they, I think they learned a lot from that win in Milwaukee last year. And then when they went into the bubble, they applied a lot of the principles that they had used during the season against Milwaukee, and it worked. Well, you know, Coach, Brett and I have talked about this. We're talking to Tony Fiorentino on Miami Heat basketball. Tony, um, uh, Brett and I talked about this a lot, that we sort of felt that the bubble favored the Heat because of the culture of the team uh, because of the closeness of the team. I mean, we saw it right when Jimmy Butler came and signed with us, how the players sort of rallied around him with those late-night practices. Do you think being in the bubble sort of because of the culture of the for, uh, franchise favored the Heat? 
Well, I'm not sure it did. I know that he handled it well, obviously. You know, they it's part of what the, the culture is all about in that you rally around your team. You don't care what anybody says. And it all stems from, you know, starts with Spo, starts with Riley and Mickey Harrison, Nick Harrison, and then Spo. But then player-wise, it's uh, it's Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam. And, and those, those guys kind of set the tone on how the team should react, the way they should um, prepare, all of those things. And so that single-mindedness of purpose that they had all season long before the COVID back in March, when March 11th, the last game, it manifested itself to a higher degree, I think, in the bubble because it was just a really a total testament to what the culture is all about and about how no player on that team, and it's, and it's still that way now, they don't care who does what as long as they get the W. I mean, you got a player who may not play in one game, may not play in a second game, and then start the third game. And you got a player who did well in the first two, may not play in the third. It's all about a matter of matchups, what Coach Spolster and the staff are comfortable with. And, Brett, you're on teams, man. It's very easy to point fingers and hope the guy does poorly so you could play. That doesn't go on with the Heat. And it's really a unique thing that's happening here. Yeah, Coach, I, I've said this so many times where I, I've seen a lot of professional organizations and a lot of different leagues, a lot of sports, a lot of different teams. And and to this day, and I, and I told Spo this too, because, you know, Spo loves to go to Seattle and go visit uh, uh, Coach uh, for the Seahawks there, Coach. Uh, uh, oh, Pete Carroll. Carroll. And he likes to go ahead and learn from different leagues, different sports, what makes players tick, what you can do as a coach to make players better. And I still say this to this day, that there's no organization, I think, in professional sports today that is ran and participated through by their athletes as well as the Miami Heat. The way that a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's an all-star, comes in with some kind of uh, reputation of being a horrible teammate, just comes in and just has everybody kind of gravitate towards him, uh, is willing to sacrifice and pass off basketballs, go to the foul line all the time, try to give glory and praise to his surrounding castmates, uplifting young rookies that probably walk in there a little bit intimidated into an NBA atmosphere. I, I just never seen anything like that before in all the professional sports well you know it's called doing your homework you know pat riley sits at the games he watches <clears> everything <throat> sees everything makes all these mental notes he's got an outstanding scouting uh crew that that, that that really do a great job of getting those kind of players that you want in the system to fit the system and a guy like jimmy butler i spoke to ed pickney about uh, when when um butler played for minnesota ed pickney was the assistant coach right ed pickney Played for us for a year. I coached against him in high school. I was on Coach Riley's staff when Ed Pickney was here. So I was one of the assistant coaches. I knew him really well. So we were talking, and somehow we came on the subject of Jimmy. He goes, look, let me tell you something. Jimmy Butler's the real deal. All he wants to do is win. So don't believe any of these stories you hear. Any, any problems that he seems to get into with people is because he's a winner, and he feels like maybe other people are not competing to the level of winning. And so the Heat took that, they, 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 they took that attitude rather than take the other side of it saying he's a malcontent and know that right. it fit in perfectly. And, you know, Dwayne, I'm sure Dwayne Wade had something to do with it. You know, he kind of put them together and said, you know, you should be, you should play for the Heat one day. And I'm sure Dwayne gave that sentiment to the Heat. And it all worked. And then when he came here, here he is, he's here one day and he goes to the practice gym, 3, 4, 3.30, 4.30 in the morning. And he calls up here and says, you coming? How are you going to say no? 
Okay. Right. So right. he's showing his his leadership right there. And then you know what he did that was very interesting during training camp, during the preseason and early season, he wasn't scoring at all. He was distributing the ball. He yep. was making mental notes on where guys like to get it. He was building confidence. Then the team goes to Phoenix. He gets 30 at halftime early in the season. So, hey, guys, I can still score. I'm just making sure everybody else is involved. And so he <laughs> made some great – he had some great examples for his team early, and they all followed it. And Coach Spolster had the best line last year, I thought. He had, you know, Coach Spolster can put things – he's got kind of like that Pat Riley use of language where it's really cool – when in that game five, when Butler in the last minute of the game, he was crouched over the uh, the, the, the little uh, bar there during the, when coach called timeout and he was going to go to the line for two free throws when we won game five because of him. And coach Spolster in the post game said, that's the image of a champion before he's a champion. He, they, he can't say it better than that. That's pretty cool. Are, are you shocked too? Are you shocked too as well? At like, for for instance, everybody in the Heat organization, or anybody basically who knows basketball, whether it's the the coworkers, the constituents, people throughout the league, they always sing Spolstra's praise all the time. But you got a lot of Miami Heat fans in the community. You got people throughout the basketball community that will never ever give Eric Spolstra credit until last year when I saw and heard not one peep out of national media, out of local fan bases, criticizing Eric Spolster's ability to coach and arrange lineups. And, and it was just more prevalent and evident last year. It was almost like the out of sight, out of mind, like, wait a minute, didn't we used to criticize this guy all the time? How come nobody's criticizing him now? You know, that that's what was brought to light for me last year was Coach Spolster's ability to actually, without saying anything, give you the I told you so. Well, I thought it was comical and sad because when I was on the air with Eric Reed, I, I very often – uh, sang his praises and people might have thought I was just saying it because we're good friends when I was when I was on Rotten Coach Riley's staff the assistant coaches were the ones who dealt with the video coordinator not the right. head coach and you could see right away how bright he is okay he used to take care of my dogs when we were on the road okay so we're pretty <laughs> good friends and I noticed I always look at the game from a coaching standpoint I always try to get the fans involved with the coach's eyes and it was obvious how good a coach he was and he wasn't getting his due then all of a sudden, the media starts getting on board the gravy train. They start pushing him as if this is a revelation. Hey, guys, right. I was saying that for 10 years before you did. <laughs> now all of a sudden, the guy's an overnight sensation. Come right. On, man. You know? And, and all you got to know, there's only one. If, if you ever have an argument with anybody or have a discussion with anyone, whether how valuable spoke, all you got to do is say one thing, okay? He was hired by Pat Riley. <laughs> come on baby you're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna think about your opinion over coach riley's what is right. wrong with you, so, you know, there, as you know guys there are a lot of pseudo experts in this business <laughs> making a lot of money too yep yeah i i think my money's uh gonna be on the side where pat riley is not where everybody else is uh you know so hey can you uh, uh coach can you stay with us through the next segment because sure. we have a a bunch of a bunch of questions to ask you. Uh, get the brutal honesty every day, noon to three p.m. with the Big O and the Onside Zone on your home for sports talk in South Florida. That's right here, OnsideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korge. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk, everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at OnsideRadio.com. ADHD. 
It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. Hey Panthers fans, Dave Dwork here with some awesome news. Every Saturday, I'm going to bring you the latest on everything to do with the Florida Panthers with Chirping the Cats Radio. Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m., we'll dive into the state of the team, recap games, and hear from past and present Panthers players, and plenty of other great hockey guests too. Got questions about the Panthers? Call or text the show and we'll break it down. Don't miss Chirping the Cats Radio, Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m., only on OnsideRadio.com. Onside Radio, the only choice for the South Florida sports fan. Big news, Miami fans. Body Armor is proud to be the new official sports drink of Major League Soccer and Inter-Miami CF. It doesn't matter if you're a player or a fan, Body Armor sports drink will hydrate you with potassium-packed electrolytes, antioxidants, and no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Whether you're at home or in the starting lineup, Body Armor sports drink will hydrate you from kickoff to the final whistle. Body Armor, now the official sports drink of Inter-Miami CF, available at your local Publix. Listen to OnSideRadio.com anywhere by downloading the MyTuner Radio app in your app store. Or go to MyTunerRadio.com on your web browser. OnSideRadio.com South Florida sports leader. You're listening to the only sports station in South Florida that likes to take your calls. 888-441-4623. We connect with a South Florida sports fan because we are South Florida. Locally owned and operated. 888-441-4623. OnSideRadio.com. South Florida's home for real sports talk. Join the Inter-Miami family in 2021 by becoming a 2021 season ticket member. Enjoy enhanced access benefits and pricing not available to general fans. Visit intermiamicf.com slash tickets for more information. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out I did other things too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life including turning 17. 
You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Welcome back to Romberg and Korge. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korge. Back with Romberg and Korge. We're joined by Tony Fiorentino, and I don't know what the hell kind of music that was. That's that sexy lounge music. I guess. I, I, I Coach know. T, did you end up requesting that music? That's that sexy lounge music. I need like a cocktail with one cube in it, maybe <laughs> sitting in a nice lounger at some kind of nice little speakeasy <laughs> spot. That was nice. That was nice. We have a comment that came in from George Gonzalez saying, uh, it's funny when you hear LeBron stealing heat culture quotes. Did LeBron James learn to become a champion? when his uniform said Miami Heat on the front of it? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> he learned how to become a champion here. You know, I, it, it's interesting because, and I don't mean to put down any other coach, because you got to be, to get to the NBA level as a player and a coach, you got to go through all, you know what it's like to be on the pro level. Yes. But I, I said this a long time ago. I think when LeBron retires, if he's very honest with himself, I think he's going to realize the best coach he ever had was Eric Spolstra because Spolstra was the kind of person that uh, walked the walk. He didn't just say things and then deviate from it. Okay. When, when LeBron came, he told LeBron, you know, you should go down in a low post, get a low post game. Why should you limit yourself to the perimeter? He made Chris Bosch go out to the three point line and become a three point shooter. Dwayne Wade working on his, his little back to the basket jump hooks near the rim. He, the little things like this, I think on the on the NBA level, on the pro level, uh, you know, maybe Brett can can back this up a little bit on, uh, with, with what his sport is. I think most of the coaching, 60, 70, 70, maybe 75 percent of coaching goes on behind the scenes, not during the game itself. The, the, the relationship you make with players, you know, um, do they they're going to test you. They're going to see if they're going to they're going to try to get away with what they can. OK, that I'm sure that Coach Spolstra can hold his own with anybody. And um, his relationship with LeBron was a very good one. And when LeBron left here, he figured out how to become a champion. You know, I tell the kids this in the camp when we have camp. Um, the best thing that ever happened to LeBron James is when we lost to Dallas in 11. Because in that, in, that year was the first year in his life where he was criticized. He wasn't, quote, the king to everybody. They were, he was being criticized and ostracized for switching teams. They didn't like him playing in Miami. They made up all kinds of stupid stuff that was going on in the media. And I think in the finals against Dallas, he was trying to please too many people. He only averaged 17 and a half points a game. He didn't shoot well from the foul line. And he himself said for two weeks, he put himself isolated and he said, you know what? That's never happening again. He had to lose before he realized how to win. And then he was the, we won the next two years. He was the MVP and no one will forget. No Heat fan is going to forget game six in Boston in 2012. We beat Boston two games in Miami. We lose two in Boston. We come home for game five. Chris Bosch comes back from that pulled muscle in his rib cage that he had against Indiana in the semis, right? We lose. We got to go back to Boston for game six, a place where the Heat very played very poorly. 
He had 45, 15, and five. He had the eyes down like that. That was LeBron James. He learned how to win in Miami, and uh, I'm sure he appreciates that. Hmm. Wow, that's some insight right there, my friend. That's that, incredible. That really is. I love that. Speaking about being an incredible coach, I know we've talked a lot about the Miami Heat in the past, and I, I tend to go ahead and ride that train a little bit in terms of the nostalgia feel. So moving <laughs> forward with the new Miami Heat team, you got a short turnaround quick. we got a couple new additions to the roster. Are you comfortable with calling another man precious, basically, is what I'm <laughs> going to get to get down to here. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. If he helps you win, you call him whatever you want. <laughs> you know so how slow, how slow are we going to introduce Precious to the program? Is it going to be one of those things where, you know, they're adding minutes, you know, the typical Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley mentality where he's going to be, you know, grooming him in to find his rotation? Well, he's in the rotation. And now it's a matter of whether he gets more minutes or not. He does get in foul trouble. And, you know, what's interesting about him is um, – People thought maybe I said this because I'm with the Heat. And I'm supposed to say it, but I was in the I was behind the scenes all those years. I know what goes on. The the the, the Heat has the best offseason program in the NBA. Players get better from the last game last season to the first game next season. And this year they didn't have that. It's such an unusual thing where you start your your season in December. Normally it ends in June. You have July with the with the summer camp, with the summer uh, the leagues, and then August and September, when a lot of teams have their players on vacation, the Heat gym is open, and a lot of the players come to stay in Miami and work out, especially the young guys. And they get all of that orientation before training camp starts the end of September. Now, the Heat didn't have any of that this year. They weren't allowed. They're only allowed to have, uh, before training camp, up to a point, they can only have four guys in the gym. So they could do a lot of individual stuff, but they couldn't do any um, uh, five on five, getting guys acclimated to it like a precious, you know, new guys. And so with that lack of experience, you got to really be more impressed with what precious is doing. And it go just goes to show you another type of philosophy that coach Bolster has. If you perform and you do well and you show yourself in practice, it doesn't care if you're a 15 year vet or a rookie, you're going to play. And so, with that in mind, you can imagine what the practices are like. And so Precious showed himself early that he deserves minutes right away. And his limits, his minutes have been limited somewhat. Some of it's foul trouble. Some of it's matchups. But the way he plays, he reminds me of Udonis Haslam and Bam with that constant movement on an offense, defense, going to the boards. It's very difficult to keep a guy 6'9", athletic, and hungry for the ball off the boards. And he'll get rebounds he's not supposed to get. He'll cause problems. Little by little, he's going to probably get more minutes as the season progresses. I don't know enough about basketball in terms of free agency. I definitely do about the football world. So when you hear a seasoned name like James Harden possibly coming to the Miami Heat, do you just literally pee yourself giggling laughing because you know damn well in the back of your mind that James Harden is not a Miami Heat guy. Like you could see what is a Miami Heat guy, a hard worker, a guy that's willing to sacrifice and get ready to get in the best shape of his life. Does James Harden seem like that guy to you or is he at that point in his career where he just needs to win a championship that bad and he's going to do whatever it takes? Well, to be honest, uh, working for an NBA franchise, as I do, uh, I'm not allowed to comment about players on other teams in that way. Um, you know, we know what the Heat culture is. And 
whenever anybody asks me anything like friends or different things, you know, when you're privately talking, I, I just say one thing that you read all the time. And Riley, we trust. So <laughs> whatever Coach Riley decides, we're on board, baby. Do you think that Pat sits in that office, you know, up in that beautiful high, I, I imagine it smells like leather-bound books and rich mahogany. <laughs> Do you think that Pat reads any kind of newspaper clipping or article and just says, you got to be kidding me, where's this coming from? Like, is, is it one of those things? Because I know what happens in all sports, but but he also got some guys that just don't even pay attention to what's going on in the outside world. Well, it's his job, along with Andy Ellisberg, you know, the, the cap guru, um, to be on top of everything. And they have to know everybody's salary. Andy does. He's dead. And Pat knows most of that. He's got to know uh, who's available, uh, what's the situation. I mean, I, I didn't believe that we had uh, Shaquille O'Neal on our roster a month after he was with the team. I still didn't believe it. <laughs> you know, all insiders, everybody thinking they know what's going on. You didn't hear one beep about Shaq coming to Miami. And then all of a sudden he was here. Okay. So that is the kind of thing where, when, when you're doing your homework, you call Pat Riley and Andy call it due diligence. When you do your due diligence and you're talking to GMs every day and you're talking to certain people in the league and you're reading behind the lines and you, you know, all that sort of stuff, you get a feel that no, that other people don't get. And so sometimes when people say things and they write things, it's not from a totally intelligent position because they're not really informed the way people on the inside are. So some, I don't, uh, very rarely do I believe anything I read, okay, I, or I hear, because there's a great saying that if, if, if they're saying it, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not true. And if it's not true, they're not saying it. You know, it's it, 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 something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Well, we got we to gotta run to a break. Tony Fiorentino, thanks so much for joining us on Romberg and Gorge tonight. Really love having your insight, man. Really something. Thanks so much, Coach, for joining us. Anytime, guys. Keep up the good work. Good seeing you, that, Andy, Brett. Thanks so much. Thanks Likewise. so much. So you guys know where Heat fans get the best insight on the team? Right here with Ethan Skolnick from Five Reasons Sports Daily, 10 a.m. to noon, here on OnsideRadio.com. Listening to Romberg and Korg. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at OnsideRadio.com. We live in challenging times, and we understand you have questions about how you're going to take care of your family and yourself. Well, you can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. We're busy restocking as quickly as we can. But please remember to think of others as you shop for the week ahead. This will give your friends and neighbors the opportunity to get what they need as well. Our supply chains are strong. Deliveries are being made throughout the day and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect, but together we'll make it through this. So let's be safe. Let's be calm. Let's be kind. Visit Publix.com for all the latest information. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. 
Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. Join the Inter-Miami family in 2021 by becoming a 2021 season ticket member. Enjoy enhanced access benefits and pricing not available to general fans. Visit intermiamicf.com slash tickets for more information. Let's raise a cup to the first among us who put themselves last. To the risk takers, the mask makers, the heroes on the front line and online. To the ones keeping shelves full and keeping us hopeful. To those who don't stop and those making all the stops. To the ones who pick up, suit up, and never let us down. From all of us at Duncan to all the heroes keeping everyone running, we thank you. My daughter is Marina. Marina has a rare form of children's eye cancer, retinoblastoma. Her doctor sent us to a specialist and then the specialist sent us to St. Jude. Within the first couple weeks of us getting here, I was just so scared. Like, I think the reality just hit me and it kind of hit me all at once. I had started to cry and her doctor came in, Dr. Brennan came in and just didn't even say anything, sat down beside me and like hugged me and held me while I like was literally sobbing. And she just said, it's gonna be okay. We don't have to worry anymore. The treatment worked and we've saved her eye. This place has been such a blessing for us. There's no way you could have paid for treatment back home if we had to. We can come here and we can just solely focus on taking care of her and helping her heal. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. With Make-A-Wish, the impossible becomes possible. A girl battling cancer can become a race car driver battling the course. The boy showing all the nurses his fire trucks can take the helm of a real one. Wishes can give kids with critical illnesses the strength to keep fighting, get better, and grow up. Where there's a wish, there's a way. Wishes need you. Visit Make-A-Wish at Wish.org. Welcome back to Romberg and Korg's. To reach out to the guys, send a text to 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. This is Romberg and Korg on Onside Radio. 
Back with Romberg and Korg. You have to stop that during the break, Brett Romberg. The story. He, he tells me a story every break that cannot re be repeated on the air. And and he gets me right when we come back out of the break every friggin' time with this thing. So great having Tony Fiorentino That was awesome. On. Yeah, that was really cool. That man. was really something. I, you know, I want to finish up with the heat now, the last few minutes of this hour, but everybody was, you know, crying. I was hearing friends of mine say, oh, the heat aren't the same. No way they make it to the NBA finals this year. And you know what? I'm not expecting them to make it to the finals or, or greater perhaps this year. I was happy with what happened last year, Yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's like with the Tua thing, the same thing, you know, guys, a rookie playing in his first year, Came off a serious injury as last year. You have a Heat team that's just started the first five games of the year, and everyone was jumping off the bandwagon already. You know, they're shooting bad oh, at yeah. the beginning of the season from three-point land. I knew but, last year was a fluke. I knew yeah. last year was oh, a yeah, fluke. Man. But you know, guy, you know, guys like uh, Robinson are not going to be shooting bad from three-point land the whole year. Well, especially I think I think a lot of that came out after Tony mentioned it. The Milwaukee Bucks came down here, you know troused them and, and 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 ripped them apart 27 right. point difference on that game but then nobody really talked about the heat going back up in there and doing doing their thing you know right, the very right. following game so yeah. i don't know I, I think people just just like everything down here when it comes to the news like nobody wants to give you good news about anything you know everybody wants to hear the bad news is Every this is this the you, you know now let, you know it's a great question for you you played in jacksonville uh -huh. you played and maybe jacksonville is a bad example yeah. but you played jacksonville you played in in st louis, in st. louis. Yeah. you played in atlanta yep. Do the do we have the worst fans here? I mean, they're pretty front running kind of fans. I think you like. get I think you get bashed anywhere you go. To be honest, really, yeah, you, you know, especially nowadays where you know you're only as good as what you just provided for me in terms of excitement. I think that just fan base as 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 a whole, unless you're dealing with a storied program, that like for instance, how, how can you still be a Jets fan? Like that's another like that's that's another question I want to really find out is. I said it earlier in the broadcast, like Cleveland Brown fans, you know, kudos to those guys. Hats off that they've been putting up with this for such a long time. But but the Jets fans? But let me so let me ask you. Because the cost of living alone has got to make you pissed off and ornery. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Heaven forbid you got horrible football. They're leaving too. out of there. They're leaving in droves out of New York City now. But oh, but so let me ask you this way. If we were the Cleveland Browns, if we had had the trajectory of the Browns had the last 30 years. Okay. Do you think dolphins would even exist in South Florida today? I mean, they would not That's be a really loyal. Good question. Could they be one of the teams that was talking about going overseas to Europe? Maybe could we have been the Jacksonville Jaguars? You know, um, no, I don't think so. I think the fact that, you know, guys like Shula guys like Dan Marino, uh, you know, obviously um, the Bonacotis and all these different people that stayed down here, Zonka. And then, um, you got, you got Bo Camper, you know, you got a lot of guys that history is too great. Yeah. There's just too many guys that wouldn't let that happen to be perfectly honest with you. Just like the Cleveland situation, like really you got nothing else to wake up to on, on a weekend in Cleveland. I you don't see the right. sun for like eight months out of the year too. You know, but you got I, I gotta shit. tell you though, I always hated that, that, uh, that excuse you'd hear. Well, in South Florida, we got so much to do. Okay. There's a lot to do in New York. I mean, I yeah, know. that's true. That's true. But you know, not too many people want to sweat their ass off in 90 degrees, 95 degrees. And then you're breathing through a sock because of the humidity in the NFL atmosphere. But when it comes to November or December, you bet your ass there's not a place anybody else would rather be yeah, except maybe San Diego or something like that yeah, in a stadium, that. you know, but that, I think, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're, we're doing okay. You know, down here in South Florida, I think, especially after the year we had last year, I think we're doing 
pretty damn good because the sky looked really dark the year prior. Looked yeah. really, really dark the year prior. So I think we're on the right path like we talked about before. Well, I'm not one of those guys jumping off the heat bandwagon too early. No, okay? no, 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 definitely I not. Think, I think that they, uh, you brought it up. I, I didn't even think about asking them about Precious, but that kid, I mean, and, and to think about this, he didn't play any basketball for basically a year. Okay. Exactly. As we rec- if you, in case you forgot, they stopped the N- NCAA college basketball season in February. Yep. Before so, the tournament. Right. So, you know, these guys were sort of out of circulation for a while, but boy, he looks at, and if Spolstra. He's huge too, man. He's he so huge. big. He's I, huge. I saw him playing next to like normal sized people, and you, you normally see like a tall, skinnier basketball. No, man. He's big. He's a big man. He's a huge man. Definitely going to add a lot of help. To, to bam especially when it comes to getting some work down low and yeah i'm excited to be perfectly honest with you like you look at that look at that youth movement you got strokinson you got tyler hero you got precious now you got bam the only old heads you're really worried about is, is goron and then you got jimmy b who, who's still obviously holding it down and then obviously ud the coach of all coaches over there but uh but yeah man like that youth movement seems so promising kelly olenic you know he's doing he's doing his thing i guess he's they said he was back to bubble form or whatever it was the way he left the the playoffs last year so it's good to see yeah and he had a great great game last night in the the starting lineup and you know what what tony said is so true they've i think they've had six games i think they've had five or maybe even six starting lineups. i don't doubt it yeah the rotations that spolstra was having throughout i don't know the last couple years is it's just been incredible the the guys that are up the guys that are down and then trying to like justify to some media head you know what i mean like some guy like i don't know whoever the hell writes for the miami heat all over the place sitting in the audience grilling him manny navarro asking him you know why are you playing like come on man like why why even ask that question? Right. You know what I mean? Like Spolstra. Spolstra's probably just sitting up there just going, you know, because I, I see these guys 18 hours a day and I know who can play and who can't play. You know, that, that's just basically the way it is. Well, that, that always bothered me about media when they're trying to, you know, give their two cents on who should be lining up. Oh, yeah, that's uh, I don't know how qualified they are to yeah, be saying that like, exactly. On, but hey, now that is one action packed hour of sports talk radio right there that's the heaviest we've gone on sports hasn't it been romberg court show maybe we'll talk a little bit about those lights that are still sitting out in front of my house what is this three Kings stuff going man, on let's do that and let's get into this whole holiday season that we jumped over man we got to figure out what we did that week off did you get in any trouble did you know anybody had to get bailed out of jail you know we got to figure things out here yeah i'm always pretty much getting in trouble brett but yeah. that's the way it goes well listen you're listening to the only locally owned sports station in south florida OnSideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korg. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at OnSideRadio.com. Rockin' South Florida with a passionate hometown approach you can trust for the last 30 years. It's the Onside Zone, daily, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with yours truly, Big O, right here on OnsideRadio.com. Download Onside Radio podcast on most platforms. OnsideRadio.com, your home for South Florida sports talk. You're listening to the home of Inter-Miami CF. His strike is a decent one. It's fired in the top right corner. Gonzalo Higuain opens his account for Inter-Miami. OnSideRadio.com, where the passion for La Rosa Negra runs deep. Keeping you informed in the world of sports. With an OnSideRadio.com sports update. 
Hurricane safety Gold Bolden has announced that he'll be returning to Miami for a senior season. Bolden played the most offensive snaps of any hurricane this past season. The NBA is seriously discussing expansion. Profits are weighed down amid the coronavirus pandemic, and expansion fees would provide a jolt of cash. This particular deal would bring in an estimated $2.5 billion. The most likely destination is once again in Seattle. Former Rave slugger Adam Duval has many teams interested in him, but it's under the 32-year-old could land with the Marlins. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, two additional members of the coaching staff, and two players have tested positive for COVID-19. They won't be available in the AFC wildcard game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. The Red Sox have hired Bianca Smith to coach in the minor leagues. She'll be the first black woman to coach professional baseball. Nick Saban told reporters that junior wide receiver Jalen Waddle has been cleared to practice this week and could play in the college football national championship. Waddle hasn't played since fracturing his right ankle on the opening kickoff against Tennessee on October 24th. The National Hockey League has sold its naming rights to four of its divisions for the first time in its history. A source says that selling the naming rights is viewed internally as a one-year-only campaign. With your on-site radio sports update, I'm Benjamin Kier, and you're listening to the only locally-owned sports station in South Florida, OnSideRadio.com. It's time for Romberg and Korch. Start your evenings with two guys ready to break down all the latest sports headlines in South Florida. Reach out to the boys dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. To connect by text, it's 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Now let's go to the show ready to rock your evening. This is Romberg and Korch on Onside Radio. Back with Romberg and Korch. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday evening talking sports and a lot more. And I do have something I want to talk to you about, Brett Romberg. Let's do it. Because you and I are in a similar situation. We have Cuban. You're happily married too? <laughs> well, well, I, I, it depends <laughs> on your definition of happily. But okay. but uh, uh, we both are, are with wives that are Cuban-American. Yeah. And right after the first, I wanted to get over these holidays. I don't want to sound like a Scrooge or, you know, Scrooge McDuff or whatever you want to call him. But McDuff or McDuck? McDuck, uh, yeah, McDuff. Or right. the, I think you're thinking of Duff Beer from no, the Simpsons. Yeah. Either way, man. Either, you know, cartoons were good. But I, I just, you know, I, I wanted to take it all down. And Rebecca tells me, no, you have to wait till the Three Kings Day, till mm. the, I guess it's the Epiphany. Tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, the sixth, right? Isn't that the sixth? That's yes. My, my daughter's birthday. So, yeah, it better be tomorrow. I think it is. Yeah, tomorrow. So, I mean, did you experience the same thing? No, I, 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 I didn't even get the words out of my mouth before she was like, yeah, no, like, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even like a cordial, you know, no, we have to wait. No, it is was that the only time you hear. Yeah. Followed by a no. Yeah. No. Isn't that the cute? It's a cute. I think it's a Cuban thing where it's a, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm like, which one is it? Is it yes or is it no? Or the, another Cubanism is uh okay, no, no I'm going to do it now. 
But now does it mean now? Like now is not like ahora now. Like now is like in 15, I'll get to it. You know what I mean? That, that's another Cubanism that I just, I'm still not understanding. I've been here the majority of my life, but I'm still not understanding some of them, you know, phrases or words that are being used in my household. It's probably why I get in so much trouble all the time. But yeah, I did the same thing because I was like, look, man, I'm expecting a refrigerator for the garage, a beer fridge. Like what the hell? I need my beer fridge. You've got to have a beer fridge. Absolutely. Plus, my wife yells at me for there's no room in the fridge because of the beers. You know, I'm just like, well, frick, I need a beer fridge then. So I ended up finding a smoking deal two months ago. It's been two months for this thing to get delivered. I'm like, okay, I need to go ahead and clean out the garage. Get all of your garland boxes. Get the Christmas tree boxes, multiple Christmas tree boxes. I have to get those out of the way. I got to get all the bins. There's like nine or ten of those giant bins with the yellow <laughs> lids yeah. that are just fart loaded full of freaking Christmas gizmos and decorations and elves every all this other you know it's just it's a it took two and a half months to set the shit up for christ's sake <laughs> i can only imagine how long it's going to take to get down and i'm like hey man my fridge is on its way here like I, I need to hurry up and get this thing out and she's like no absolutely not um we're gonna wait until after uh and i just like the what she's like the three kings i said what, what are you talking about she's like mila's birthday and i was like okay the sixth she's like yeah you know the epiphany and i'm just like yeah the epiphany she's like you don't remember and i was like look man i became catholic to marry you in a church you know what i mean like i i don't, I don't know really what else was going on i just did it because i didn't want to wail crying all the time like, <laughs> when we found out when she found out that i wasn't going to get married in the church it was over with that was like her one request that i had to do so i had to go through bible classes i had to go like i had to go to some lady's house over by the biltmore golf course and go bible studying i had to learn all this other stuff i had to do my the sacraments i had to do eating the bread there the the body of Christ the there. Communion, yes. yeah. Yeah, so, you see, you was know. Was it a wafer or was it an actual bread? No, it was a wafer. I like the, yeah, I, I like the bread. I like Do you? The bread. You actually get the bread? I get the real I'm thing, nervous man. about whose hand's been on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd now, rather take like I that I wonder during COVID waxy. how that works. Yeah, how do you do that nowadays? You, there's no way you're doing the blood of Christ, right? I, you're not I going up not. there. With, I always thought about this, too. Can we ask this question, too? How many people out there right now, every time you go up there to go ahead and sip that wine, you get grossed the hell out? I get grossed out. Oh yeah, that's like I don't you, you're do thinking that. that your freaking holy napkin that just wiped off somebody else's spit is going to be clearing up some kind of virus that the dude before <laughs> you just gave you. No, man, your holy napkin can't get rid of the freaking virus. You are thinking way too much. Well, I'm walking up and I'm starting to sweat because I have a thing about germs a little bit. You know, I'm not OCD like my wife, but I got a little thing about germs, and I'm like, you know, who, who, where's her mouth been? Number one, what about Buddy's mouth over here? Who knows what the hell he was doing or eating before he came here to church today? He might be thinking he's a good guy, but usually the people that are showing up on church on Saturday night are getting ready to get it in later on Saturday <laughs> night. So I'm like, okay, what has this guy been doing? And all of a sudden I'm behind this slob that's going up there that's just like licking his lips and salivating. He's got crust in the corner of his mouth, and he's about to go and take a sip out of the same drink that I'm about to sip out of. And you know, all they do is just kind of wipe it with the holy napkin. Not I don't care how bad that napkin's been blessed. Well, There's no know, way it's getting rid of whatever that guy's I wonder about got. something when you tell this. If you have a real a real germaphobe, it might be kind of hard to play football in a college locker room, being a college. I remember from high school, my locker room, it was a pretty nasty place at it times. Is. Right? It is. And this was before like staff became a big deal. Yeah. So imagine, you know, like once staff hit everybody, I ended up getting staff, had to spend like four weeks in a burn really? victim unit. Yeah, they had to basically take all the meat out of my knee. Like it was bad. Like I got it playing against the Cowboys. I wasn't even gonna get on the plane to come back. And uh, we came back and I had to go immediately to the hospital at like 3 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and they opened up my leg and they basically are pulling all of the the goo and the guck and some of the meat out because they got to get rid of it and then they pack it with is gauze. that the medical term goo guck? yeah i think meat? it's i think it's in the encyclopedia <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all the pus and all that other wonderful glorious stuff and they literally are taking like wick like lighter wick napkin or whatever and the gauze and they're packing it inside of the wound because you need to have it clean daily multiple times yes, a day yes. and it has to heal from the inside and out because if it if it heals over top it's going to trap still a lot of that stuff that's inside of it so you know i had to go spend time i had to be away from the facility for like three plus weeks i had to go to the burn victims unit and sit in that like stainless steel drum and had it cleaned out all the time and bro not good not good. At you know, all. I wonder, and I and 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 it's like I'm interviewing you on these shows because you're just a wealth of information. But I wonder, like, when you're injured as an NFL player, what's going through your mind? Is it is it about getting back on the field because hey man, you're still getting the paycheck, right? Yeah. But but is it you're worried about next year's paycheck? Or I, it, it really, or is it just the competitiveness? I want to be on that field. I felt worthless. You you really do. There's and, and then even today, I look back at it and I'm just like, why did you try to push yourself to get back on the football field? Like you literally had an injury that somebody would be out for months. Why would you want to hurry up and push yourself back in order to get out there? Is it because of the money? No, because the money is going to be there no matter what. Is it because of your, your starting position? Is that going to be just? No, that was going to be there when I got back too. It's just you feel useless. You, you have a hard time of walking by. Like, for instance, you can't even look a coach in the eye. Because you're wondering what that coach is thinking about you as he's walking past you. You're like, oh, is this guy milking it? Oh, is this guy just dragging his feet now because he's still getting paid? Is this did we we just paid this guy? Is he going to be on the field or not? Or is he going to elect to go ahead and you know take the wussy way out? And you really have that mental mind screw as you're walking by somebody in the hallway. And then you look at your teammates, and you know some of your teammates are kind of like, hey, can you go? Can you go? And when your boys are asking you if you can go. You're like, damn, man, I, I would do literally anything to go right now, to play. I would love to be on the football field. Last thing I want to be is in, like, some kind of locker room with my feet up somewhere, you know, getting ice and stem. So for me personally, I, I know I, I can't handle being injured. That's why I never missed any time in college. I, I actually – you know what? I, I missed, like, two practices in college, and, and I think it was Joel, actually, that we had on the show a couple weeks ago. I, I ended up compound dislocating my, my pinky finger. So I had, like, bones sticking out of my finger – and I remember I went back to the huddle and Dorsey's like, dude, your thighs, you got blood on your thigh. And I like, I was like, what are you talking about? And I like looked on my pants and I was like, oh, I don't know what that's from. So I go to grab the football to snap it to Dorsey. And as I grab it on the field, my finger just like, I didn't have no grip. And then I looked down and I noticed my finger was flopping. So they were like, you got to get out, man. Dorsey was like, you got to get out. And I was like, no, I'll snap it with the other finger. And he was like, no, man, you dude, look at your finger. Get out, get out of the game. So I like went to the sideline. And literally, I, I ended up leaving that game in like the third quarter or whatever it was, and missed a couple missed a couple uh, practices, a couple ga days that week, and they ended up like just buddy taping it. And I played the next weekend. You know, it was just one of those things where I just I didn't want to miss any time. I didn't want to let anybody down. Basically, well, the clearly at that level at college, it wasn't about the money coming right. back, right. right? Or was it? No, it really was. At that point, I had no aspirations of going to the NFL. Zero. I had like zero clue I was really? even going to be able to go to the NFL. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then when I started like winning like the you know the All American stuff and, and that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, this could be this could be legit. This could be like you know a nice little nest egg or a nice little platform to start my real life off with. And and then you know obviously three or four years turned into five, six, seven, and then eight, nine, and then I was just like, wow, this uh, it was nice. It was really nice while it lasted. But yeah, I, I just I didn't want to miss any time. I hated that. And ironically enough, 
I missed a lot of time when, when I was a starting center and I blew my wheels out, my ankles were bad. So yeah, that was, that was hard for me. And then even, even my shoulder surgery, um, I got against fat Pat from the Minnesota Vikings. I waited until the end Who of the is season. That? Pat Williams. Oh, I remember him. Pat Williams. He, he was out. He was huge. Monster. He was. He was so fast. For but he played guy. with you. He played against me oh, on my nose, and and he would he would basically he saw the quarterback's hands between my legs kind of flinch when he was about to get the football, and he never told me until obviously after the game. And he said that he goes, "Hey man, he goes, you might want to go ahead and tell your quarterback to go ahead and you know stop with his hands." And I just looked at him I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's he's just like, "Man, I can see your." Hand. And it's like his his helmet was like popped up, you know, kind of weird. And he, like, he had a hard time breathing. He was big now. I think Fat Pat was like maybe 350, 345. Oh, I was going to say he had to be 50, probably 45, 50 oh, yeah. pounds bigger than Way you. bigger than me. Way yeah. bigger than me. And then a seasoned veteran. And he would always like be a cock nose, like which means he's tilted against my shoulder. And he would imagine like he would jump across the line of scrimmage as I'm snapping it. So I'd have to reach back and grab him. And he would just rip my arm every single time. And I just, I it literally I had to have surgery, you know, the very like, like weeks after I had to have surgery on my shoulder because of him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, what, what happens in a game like that or after a game like that when you realize he, he tells you after the game, and boy, I got a million questions for you now because <laughs> I watch those players after a game talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And I'm the idiot, you know, that watches that and goes, what are they saying to each other? I'm dying to a find lot, out. A lot of it is is talking about what we just did on the football field, whether it was dirty or the fights or the scraps or the the bad hits or the bad calls or whatever. And it's just you know, do uh, they give you sometimes like Fat Pat did give you, you know, clues oh yeah, like oh, that? Like, like I'll never forget when I think it was my one of my first. It might even have been my first start when I was going against Warren Sapp uh, over there when he was with Oakland. And he, he, he helped me out quite a bit. Like he talked to me a lot, like during the game, I never heard a guy talk to the referees like that during a game ever before in my life. He was talking about, he had to hurry up and get home to go do something. You know what I mean? Like he was telling the referee, you know, stop, stop running out that clock guys. Come on, let's go ahead. Let's put this thing to bed. I got, I got something to go and do. So, you know, <laughs> hearing his trash talking was actually beautiful on the football field for me. But, uh, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of, 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 of coaching, you know, a lot of baton passing that goes on after a football game, a lot of praise, some criticism, you know, some, some, obviously some bad talking going on back and forth. But I think uh, the guy that you just spent 60 minutes going back and forth with scrapping for you, there is some, some, some respect level that's kind of given to each other. And at the end of the game, you'll, you know, you go pat each other up and either say good game or get a little deeper than that. So after that, after that game, I don't know who was the quarterback at that time. Bulger, Bul Mark Bulger was. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was the for the Rams, and actually the, the the Vikings were supposed to. They had the rushing title that year. Defense or their defense had like the least amount of rush yards against them, and I think we we put up like a couple hundred on them, if I wasn't mistaken, with Stephen Jackson. So, yeah, it was it was a big 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 up there too. So, but after that game, do you do you say to Mark Bulger, you say to him, hey, dude. You know, you were giving it away on me here. Well, I got back at Mark. I got back at Mark real good with his. I I, I ultimately destroyed his his yard, which was a very expensive yard. Oh, really? In a drunken stupor on a John Deere. Can you can you save that story? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's for the one. next segment yeah, that's because a good one. I do. I would love to hear that story. Mm -hmm. I I you know sometimes I feel like when we do this show that. Maybe you're for, I don't want to sound crude, but maybe you're blowing your load on these stories a little too early, but I have the sense. <laughs> I'm not crude at all. I have the sense 
that you have a plethora of stories that could go on for an eternity. I do. I have. I have a lot of them. I, I, some. 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 I can't <laughs> talk about, but I do have. I do have plenty of stories. They used to have a thing called Story Time with Romberg in Atlanta. Like oh. literally, I had my own little microphone and speaker next to my locker, and this one guy, Will Sweetek, used to call me a uh, Story Time Romberg. Oh, come on, Romberg, Story Time. Well, we're gonna hear some Story Time in a moment. Catch a South Florida staple every afternoon as. As that runny-nosed little kid, Alex Dono, hosts the man of the match from 3 to 6 p.m. Dono covers everything from football to football to MMA. Tune into one of the most complete sports shows in the country with the man of the match with Alex Dono, 3 to 6 p.m. exclusively right here on OnSideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korge. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at OnSideRadio.com. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things, too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Let's raise a cup to the first among us who put themselves last. To the risk takers, the mask makers, the heroes on the front line and online. To the ones keeping shelves full and keeping us hopeful to those who don't stop and those making all the stops, to the ones who pick up, suit up, and never let us down. From all of us at Duncan to all the heroes keeping everyone running, we thank you. Hey everybody, it's Good Greek Moving and Storage, and for over two decades, they've been entrusted to handle all of your moving and storage needs. And now, Good Greek is the official mover of Inter-Miami CF. And if Inter-Miami trusts the Good Greek, you should too. For the best move ever, whether it's across town or across the country, go to GreekMoving.com. That's GreekMoving.com for Good Greek Moving and Storage, the official movers of your Inter-Miami CF. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. We live in challenging times and we understand you have questions about how you're going to take care of your family and yourself. Well, you can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. We're busy restocking as quickly as we can. 
but please remember to think of others as you shop for the week ahead. This will give your friends and neighbors the opportunity to get what they need as well. Our supply chains are strong, deliveries are being made throughout the day, and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect, but together we'll make it through this. So let's be safe. Let's be calm. Let's be kind. Visit Publix.com for all the latest information. Welcome back to Romberg and Korg. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korg. We're on, right? We're pretty hot right now, or what's the story? All right. Well, there you go, Romberg and Korg. And and, and we had a a nice little story that was being told Mm. when we got off, when we we got into that break. And and, uh, I don't know, man. So you had a you had a bullhorn or your microphone? Yeah, I know. I had like a whole PA system. I had a whole PA system in my locker. I would either sing songs about guys as they'd walk through the locker, uh, locker room, or uh, I'd tell jokes, or I'd have story time. Is that good in a locker to have that guy? Is Brett wrong? I I I literally think I stole two extra years of paychecks from the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by being that guy like the the locker room camaraderie you know guy is yeah. very important nowadays like extremely nobody wants a cancer in the locker room that's yes. one of the things that is becoming more and more prevalent like like teams would be able to put up with with some bad stuff from guys some some really off the field poor behavior but if they were awesome you know what i mean if they were if they were great players on the field that they would go find a way to go ahead and look the other way i.e antonio brown exactly but nowadays you know that that attention, that that negative press, that whole it, it spreads throughout the locker room like a cancer. It really does. And guys start trying to go ahead and disassociate themselves with those kind of players. And then ultimately it just that guy becomes a little louder. He becomes a little bit more ornery. Now he's displaying this kind of this this kind of attitude on the sideline or in the dugout or whatnot. And you could you could see it's like it's just not working. It's causing an issue. And teams would rather go ahead and cut bait then sit there and fish with the guy. So um, I, I was the guy that they could count on that would, wouldn't ruffle any feathers. You know, everybody liked me. You know, that, that was one of the reasons why I feel like they called me to come back uh, when, when Todd blew his wheel out. They called me to come back and they're like, you ready to go? And I'm like, man, if you're ready to pay, I'm ready to, I'm ready this to play. Is, this is after you retired. Yeah. This is when and I thought so I was you came done. back for another year. Yeah, I came back for one more year. Yeah. So in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be – and then I was contemplating on going back for one more after that. I was going to go to Tennessee for, for a year because Gene – I think Eugene tore his tricep or something. Like, look at this guy. He's just breaking everything. Here. <laughs> um, got, like, Eugene, I think, tore his tricep out for the Titans, and 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 they wanted me to go over there and play, and but they wanted me to play right away. And I was just like, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think I'm mentally and physically ready for that kind of beating. You know, That would have been your 10th year? Yeah, yeah, that would have been 10. That would have got me my 10. Which I'm, I don't know if I, I should have. I guess I don't know. It, it would. We looked. My wife and I looked at it and analyzed it. it. Was like the money wouldn't have. You know, I would have taken it now. Uh, but but the money really wouldn't have changed anything that we were doing. Right. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't like fu type of money. You know what I mean? It was like yes. a little over a million bucks or whatever. It might have been one point something or other, and and that would have been it. 
you know, and, you know, after taxes and all that other stuff, it's not really going to change anything you got going on. I'm not going to go out and buy a bigger house or do anything like that because at that point in time, it was just me and my wife, you know, it was just us two. I didn't have any mouths to feed or anything other than hers. So it was, it was it, you know, was it, a, was it a hard decision coming back? So you played eight years, yep. then your ninth year, you, you were sitting at home watching a game. I was watching the preseason. Yeah. It and, was preseason game. Yeah, it was a preseason game. And, uh, and all of a sudden Todd got hurt. Todd McClure got hurt. And I like, I'm kind of like sitting there and I'm like watching Todd get, get helped off the field. And I was like, Oh, because I knew the guy that they had back there wasn't going to be able to pick up the reins right away. And then Emily looks at me, my wife looks at me in bed and she goes, uh, they're going to freaking call you. And I was just like, no, they're not. I'm done. I'm done. At that point I was like 255, 56 pounds or something like that. I'm running like three or four miles a day. Oh, they wouldn't even want you at that. Exactly. Way. So I'm just like, absolutely not. No, no, no. They're not going to call. Sure enough, you know, 20 minutes later, the game's over and, and I'm getting a phone call from my offensive line coach my former offensive line coach. And he goes, what are you doing? And I'm just like, <laughs> watching Todd McClure get carried off the field. What are you doing? And he goes, ah, Christ, what are you able to play? And I'm just like, uh-oh. I said, are you calling? I said, you proposing to me? And he said, can you play or not? And I said, of course I could play. You know I could play. And he goes, okay, how much you weigh? And I said, 280. Wait, 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 stop. Stop right there. You weighed 255. I was 259 that night. 259. 259 that night. And you told him 280. You weighed 280. Yeah. Now let me let me see. Let me <clears throat> I'm not good at math. So let me see. 280. You you minus 10, you get to 270. There you go. Minus another 10, you get to 260, plus one, two. So that would be 21 pounds. Yeah, I lied about 21 pounds. And uh, and this is a I imagine this is this is a night game, preseason at night. You know, this is like eight eight and change, nine o'clock at night. And uh and then he goes, you're good? And I said, yeah, man. I said, are you guys going to pay? And he goes, well, you got to talk to Thomas about that, the GM. I said, okay. So sure enough, Thomas calls me you know, 20, 25 minutes later. I imagine they probably analyzed what was going to go down, talked to the doctors. And uh, Thomas was like, you ready to come back? And I said, are you guys ready to pay? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> we'll pay. I said, okay. I looked at my wife. I hung up the phone. She goes, what happened? And I was just like, I'm going to Atlanta. She goes, where were you living at the time? We're here in Cold Gable. Oh, and here. Yeah, okay. we're here in Miami. And uh, and she was like, you're kidding me, right? And I said, no. She goes, when do you go? And I said, flight's at 7 tomorrow morning. And she goes, did I hear you told them that you weigh 280 pounds? And I said, yeah. <laughs> she goes, you're not. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. So let's start eating. So no, 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 no bullshit. No bullshit. Swear to God on my life, and I'll put my kids' lives on this one too. Hand on the Bible. 259 I got on the scale. Started eating immediately. And I'm talking about gorging myself. Then I'm go to bed, wake up, no bathroom in the morning whatsoever, continually gorging myself, eating. Well, what were you eat, eating? Turkey subs and all kinds of stuff like that, like footlong turkey subs, public subs, like just jamming them in my so, mouth. So the whole the whole Jared thing is BS then. Yeah, of <laughs> <Rarely>. course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know? okay. Yeah. And uh, marketing. Yeah, clearly marketing. And then uh, I get in the Miami airport. I go to. I think it was like Versailles at that point in time in the in the Miami airport. I go oh, and had some yeah. some food there. And then I get on the plane. I land in Atlanta. And I told the scout, my bags aren't coming out. So I grabbed another foot long from Subway. And I was eating on the plane. My wife made me a bunch of sandwiches to eat on the plane. And at this point, I'm borderline sick. Like, I'm, I'm really Oh, you got to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sick. And, uh, and I'm drinking Gatorade, too. You know what I mean? So I'm getting my sugar up and all that other crap. And uh, we get in the car. 
our scouts drive me directly to the doctor's office. And I'm like, can we just go to the facility? You know, basically so I can like weigh in and do all that other stuff. And he's like, no, no, you got to do like EKGs and go get all of your screening oh, done. Oh, no, and you're stuffed. I'm, I'm, I'm about to blow. And, uh, and, and, the, and the doctor's like, you doing okay? And I'm just like, yeah, man. I was like, do you got anything to drink? I'm, I'm thirsty as hell. And I'm just trying to like inflate myself with the bread and all the subs and all the sandwiches. You're Meanwhile, I'm blow. like, I'm, I'm, I'm vomiting in my mouth. You know what I mean? And then finally we get in the car. We head to Flowery Branch. It was like another half an hour ride up north. And, uh, and I get out and, and I get changed. And I, and I put my stuff on and I get in the barn, shorts and a t-shirt and some shoes and then, you know, the head, the, the, the strength coach, Coach Fish, comes out, gives me a big hug, and they're supposed to run me through a few drills. And the O-line coach comes out, and he's like, so what? He's from, he's a Boston guy. So he's like, wait, wait, what the hell you been doing over there? And I'm just like, nothing. He's like, you've been, you've been checking out the girls in Miami? Because he used to coach O-line at, at Miami Dolphins for a while. And, uh, and I was just like, of course I have. What do you think? So he's dying laughing. And they, they, they looked at me, and out comes the GM and the head coach, Smitty and, and uh, Thomas Dimitrov. And they're like, are you ready to rock and roll or what? And I was like, yeah. They're like, get on the scale. I said, okay, here we go. Because I haven't, I haven't been on, I haven't been on the scale yet. You have no idea what the scale would no, say. No, no clue. No clue. And I jump on the scale, <laughs> 279. No. 20 pounds. You want gain 20 pounds? In, 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 in 18 hours. 18 hours. 20 pounds, 18 hours. I, that's got to be a record of some and then, sort. And then I said, you guys mind if I go to the bathroom really quick? I got to go to the bathroom. I haven't been able to go to the bathroom all day long. I've been like getting run around all over the place. And then Thomas goes, you told me you were 280. You know, you got to put on weight. And I was just like, well, Christ, I haven't eaten anything all day. You guys had me going from doctor's <laughs> office to doctor's office. You actually office. said that Lied through my teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom, blew, blew up on both ends, out the back and out the front, dying all over the place. I go out and I run like four different little drills. And they're like, ah, oh, you're good. Come on, let's go. And I literally went back on the scale to weigh myself 272. So just immediately five pounds, just out the wazoo, just my gone, God. just like that. And then... uh and then I had, obviously, I think it was like a week and a half to get myself right before we played Pittsburgh, I think, was the season opener or something like that. So, yeah, it was uh, 20 pounds in 18 hours. But how do you get so – but you needed to play minimally at 280, right? Oh, yeah. That was another thing. And then, like, I think two weeks later, I'm on, like, Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers, who just won the Super Bowl the year before. And you could see, like, the Monday Night camera spidering into our huddle on the different cables and it's like right here and it's and i know it's on my head and i'm just like jesus christ and then tony gonzalez comes in and he's like dude you were like on your couch a couple weeks ago and i'm like looking at tony i'm like yeah man i'm aware of that man thanks for the reminder you know i'm just about to go against you know some pro bowl guys you know just, i'll be all right don't worry about me you know i'm just hanging out two weeks ago you know running miles during the day running miles Oh my yeah, God! But bad. did you were you able to get up to the two eighty you needed? Yeah, to yeah, eventually? yeah. I think well, they were, and then that was the best part about it. every Friday was weighing, and you could see me. I'm I'm putting the ankle weights over my belt loops, like and just like you know hiding really? as much as I possibly could. Yeah, because I I think I ended up weighing on an average that season like two eighty seven, two eighty eight, but I probably had about ten pounds of weights strapped to me. I had a at one point in time the Gatorade fell down the front of my pants and out my pant leg. I had like a full bottle of Gatorade that I was trying <laughs> no. to weigh in with. And the guy looks at me and I was just like, oh I didn't realize I was holding on to it. And he's like, that didn't just fall out of your pants. And I was just like, <laughs> no, I was holding on to it right here. <laughs> just lying. Whatever I could to get a freaking paycheck. That is one of the greatest scams of all time. Oh it's it well they find <laughs> you 200 and what is it 260 bucks a pound? Either way, if you're over or under, really? Oh yeah, man, you get fined every week. You get fined. Your weight has to be in check. You get fined. Wait, 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 wait. A pound. You, you weigh. Let's say your the playing weight is two ninety. Yep. established with you, mm -hmm. and you come in at two eighty eight. 
They're finding you, you better. You better be by Friday, two ninety. And what if you? But how can you? I how can you get to the exact weight? I mean, it it's seems like boxing. It's like they they want you every, and then that's why you see guys on like on, on Friday mornings and Saturday mornings just in a sauna or in a steam room, just trying to either make their weight or sweating out whatever poison they just consumed the last couple of nights being in the street. That is crazy. I've yeah. never heard anything like that. Yeah, that's yeah, the NFL. It is what it is. It not is. for long league. The not for long league, man. Well, you played it pretty long, Brett Romberg. But listen, I'm, we're going to talk more stories. We're going to talk a little. Maybe we'll talk a little college football. It's yeah, let's quite do that, a man. story going on in uh, at Ohio State, man. Crazy. We're not we're not sure what's going to happen with that national championship game. Every Saturday at 11 a.m., soccer fans can connect with Austin Robillard and Red Card Radio from the Premier Ship to the MLS. Catch up with your favorite team, including our very own Inter-Miami CF. Listen to Red Card Radio every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon with Austin Robillard exclusively on OnsideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korg. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at OnsideRadio.com. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty, to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. For over 20 years, Mr. Glass has been committed to the safety and satisfaction of our clients. Our products are the culmination of innovative engineering, aesthetic appeal, and the highest levels of quality. Through our legacy, Mr. Glass strives to impart the true meaning of quality, service, and sustainability to new generations. Reputation, experience, and trust is why clients choose Mr. Glass. Live the future now. Locate a dealer near you today. Hello, Inter-Miami CF fans. Download the Drink AR app and play inside a first-of-its-kind virtual soccer stadium hosted by Bodega Trevento and Inter-Miami CF and celebrate your passion for soccer from the comfort of your own home. Find the download links on our Instagram account at Treventus and get our wines delivered straight to your home with a discount for all Inter-Miami CF fans. Discover Trevento, a shared passion. Hey, it's Big O for EJD Construction, your custom home builder, additions and home remodeling. Our lives have changed. We're making our homes more of an oasis. Call the right place. Call the right people. Eric at EJD Construction for over 16 years. A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for EJDConstruction.com. My daughter is Marina. 
Marina has a rare form of children's eye cancer, retinoblastoma. Her doctor sent us to a specialist, and then the specialist sent us to St. Jude. Within the first couple weeks of us getting here, I was just so scared. Like, I think the reality just hit me, and it kind of hit me all at once. I had started to cry, and her doctor came in, Dr. Brennan came in, and just didn't even say anything, sat down beside me, and, like, hugged me and held me while I, like, was literally sobbing. And she just said, it's going to be okay. We don't have to worry anymore. The treatment worked, and we've saved her eye. This place has been such a blessing for us. There's no way we could have paid for treatment back home if we had to. We can come here and we can just solely focus on taking care of her and helping her heal. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. She's kind of a big deal. Some people like to say it's only because of how she looks. She sticks her tongue out a lot. But there's just something about her that makes people do crazy things, like get tattoos of her face or wait in line for hours just to say hi. Lil Bub is a two-year-old cat, an Instagram celebrity with a following bigger than some 90s television stars. And it all started because she was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Lil Bub, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Welcome back to Romberg and Korge. To reach out to the guys, send a text to 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. This is Romberg and Korge on Onside Radio. Welcome back to Romberg and Gorge. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday evening, a cold Tuesday evening. I'll bet you when we walk out of the studio, Brett Romberg, I will bet you it's at least five or six degrees colder than when we walked in. What uh, What's the situation with this cold front? How long is it going to stick around? Uh, not long. I think a day or two. Tommy, you know what, about this? Weather? All I know is it's fat man friendly weather, weather, man. It's fat man friendly weather out there. I went walking at least twice today with the kids in the stroller. and Oh, oh nice. yeah, man. It was it was one of those beautiful days today in South Florida, not a cloud in the sky. You know, I'll take this kind of weather any day of the week. Yeah, me too. Me too. Wait, wait, wait. I, you know, it's a sort of a, maybe a subject we shouldn't talk about. So of course I'm going to talk about it. Of course, it. let's talk about let's, it. Let's, let's talk about it. But, but Dan Lebetard ending his radio stint, I was, I, you know, I wasn't surprised because we had heard rumors about this for some time, but I, you know, I, it's gotta be a, a, a bit of a, uh, a uh, bad thing for ESPN radio, I would think. Well, I know for a fact that, uh, that, that a lot of people within the business, especially guys that are like up in that, like, you know, 790 intercom kind of world, um, the 560 guys now that that company's merged, but people are, are really upset with the situation that went down between ESPN and Dan Levitard. But I think this stems back like years ago when is it skipper? Is it, is it skip or skipper? The guy that used to run ESPN, Yes. That fell to, you know, some of the accusations of what was going on through guys in the media and like sexual assault charges and all that other stuff and elected to go ahead and step down, which was basically him and Dan were like super, super close buddies. Right. Because I think there was even people that were taking pictures of those two together 
right after he stepped down from ESPN over there at the Clevelanders. So um, I know Dan always had plans of getting the hell out of ESPN. And what encouraged him to do so was when 790 and Entercom tried to go ahead and flip the script on Dan Lebetard by offering Dan Lebetard shipping container guys like the, the Mike Ryans and uh, the Cody's uh, and, and Billy Gill and those guys gave them like a local hour in the morning while Dan was getting ready to, you know, do his show, the 10 till two show. Right. So they would get like the nine till 10. And then, you know, he had the shipping container. That's one thing about Danny that, that, uh, that people don't know is how well he takes care of his people. Like the people that I've heard that he helped surround himself with and promote and, and collectively took care of, because let's face it, Dan and Stu got made a hell of a lot of money, uh, from day one doing this thing with ESPN for a long time, like a decade. Danny's been with ESPN for like 20 years. So, uh, bringing up a lot of the younger, uh, next generation of radio talent, whether that's, you know, Zaslow or um, the guys that are working with them on the shipping container, you know, they have like a tight little click. And once that happened with, with Entercom and, and, you know, Dan was really upset when Entercom pulled that hour away from the shipping container that he was like, you know what? I don't even want to do an hour of local radio anymore. I'm not going to do it. But what I think Entercom ended up doing was going around the corner backdooring Dan by going through ESPN and getting ESPN to get the right to go ahead and air you know, Dan's show here on Entercom. Because he did, He said, I'm not going to go to 560, number one. I'm not going to do any show on 560. He goes, I can't stand 560. You don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, that was like our competition back in the day. Well, so. from the beginning with yeah. 790, he yeah. was with Stu Gotts. Stu Gotts basically started that right. radio station. Yeah, they, they basically helped build that thing up yes. to what it's become today. So um, I, I know they that he had a really bad taste in his mouth when he was not only going to do his show on 560, but doing it on a radio station called The Joe which obviously they named after Joe Rose. So it was like, like, you're, you're kidding me, right? Like this was one of those, you're a kidding you kind of moments. And, and Dan was like, yeah, there's, you know, I'm, the writing's on the wall now at this point in time where, you know, he had a, a way, or I think a loophole in his contract with ESPN to, to kind of find his way out a year earlier or whatever it might've been. I don't know. I'm just kind of going off of a lot of hearsay stuff, but, uh, but yeah, Danny's, Danny's the best when it comes to illustrating and painting pictures and that kind of thing. And he really is, uh, you know, a socially awkward, but unbelievably um, amazing introverted type of person that takes care of anybody that's around him. So uh, I know he's going to go probably go on to do bigger and I don't know if it's going to be bigger things, uh, but I know it's going to be exciting things is my guess. I know Skipper's over there at, at, at DAZN, the, the, the zone. Um, so I could, I could probably foreshadow seeing Dan Levitar doing something over there with those people, but you know, at, at South Florida, you know, especially locally here, Everybody is so proud of Dan Levitard for what he yeah. did. And he, and he keeps it local. He loves local. He reps local. And um, yeah, it was, it, I'm guessing it's a shock to the, especially to the South Florida radio world, but also the television ESPN world too, the show that he's Yeah, well, he's, he's giving up not only the radio show, the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts, but also the televised highly questionable. Right. And one thing that those shows really did, did a lot for South Florida. You know, totally. people lose sight of the fact that he really was was exposing the cu country and the world, for that matter, to South Florida culture and, and what and, South Florida is all about, and probably more importantly, Cuban culture. You know, yeah, I, that I think too. telling that story that and and even going back, I'll put it this way: I'm not Cuban, but I'm married to a Cuban, and I'm married to a Cuban family. Like that's what really yes. happens when you go ahead and marry Cuban. Yes, you kind of become embraced and engulfed with that culture. And the amount of stories, whether it's from, you know, Joaquin Gonzalez's family that I've heard about Cuba, my family about Cuba, um, it's horrible. It's a horrible situation. And I feel like it wasn't getting as much attention nationally as 
it really should have in terms of the way that, you know, the people live over there and are treated because all people see is a destination. Yes. Um, a vacation destination for that matter, especially the Canadians. And they don't understand what's going on and how that money and where that money goes to. So Dan wrote a piece and I think he might even have narrated it to be exact. Um, and I heard the audio of it and I also read it and it's, it's incredible. Like it literally started bringing a tear to my eye because you could feel the, the, the passion and the struggle that only like really only Dan Levitard can make you feel when he tells and illustrates something and paints that picture for you. Um, and my, my in-laws absolutely loved it and adored it. And yeah, he, he definitely is a, a monument down here in South Florida when it comes to both radio and writing, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, and, and, and I, I know deep down in my heart that there's a big reason why Danny ended up leaving and wanting to get the hell away from ESPN. Uh, but but a lot of the local talent here who are even kind of still to this day, I would say kind of I wouldn't say governed by ESPN, but are somewhat affiliated with ESPN, have a really bad taste in their mouth about the way that the, you know, the big four letter network is going about their business with the, the lack of I guess I guess you could say lack of humanity behind a lot of the moves that have happened over there and the cuts and all that stuff that goes on. Yeah, it's a it's a weird time for terrestrial radio. Totally. I mean, in the world completely. Totally. And um Certainly, certainly Lebetard and Stu Gotch. You know, I've, ne I've never really, I've never really known Dan Lebetard very much. I've met him once. Uh, Stu Gotch, John Wiener, it's a different story. I mean, I've known John since he was a young kid. <laughs> bro, Stu is my dude. Like, I, I used I to talk him. to Stu all the time. Yes. Um, we haven't spoken in probably about a year. And, um, yeah, Stu Gotch is, he's, he's like, he's the wheeler and dealer, man. Like, he really is. And, and, and the, the persona of Stu Gotch is, is, is although it's comical, it's not too far off from like Dan poking fun. At, like it's not that far from no, what you're it's seeing. Not. It's really not. No, not at all. Actually, you're, you're thinking like there's no way that there could be like this little Jewish guy that is that unkempt that is continuously going on national television. But yes, it's true. It's a real. But, but thing. one thing I will say about John Wiener, Mister Stu Gotts, he had ninety, I think ninety-one out of a hundred free throws when he had a shot. Did he really? Yes. I didn't, I didn't know that challenge. And I he always told me what a great basketball player was. And I see this, you know, five foot, nothing inch, you know, it's not like he's like shorter yeah. than me. And, and, and I'm looking at him going, he's really a basketball player. That boy can shoot a basketball. And he can golf too. Every time I talk to him, he's like, I'm about to go on the course, Roms. I'm about to go on the course. Can I tell you how to take it <laughs> off the course, Roms? Or he's like at some, like one of his daughter's events. And he's like, don't worry about it, Romberg. You're going to see what's happening. You know, your kids are young, but you're going to see take up all your time well you know what we're gonna miss dan lebitard and the dan lebitard show with Stu gotts and of course highly questionable but i'll tell you what south florida sports fans gonna listen right here to romberg and cord yeah man and everything on onside we'll, radio we'll pick up the torch we're gonna pick it up baby that's what we're gonna do and 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 you know here on onside radio every morning at 6 a.m you got to start the day off with fourth and 20 with toast and marsh the boys cover all the local sports stories while providing some great Miami Hurricanes Insight. Download, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Fourth and 20, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Only on onsideradio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korg. Take Onside Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio app. Find the app at onsideradio.com. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. 
They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. You can connect with us at onsideradio.com by sending us a text at 844-416-8123. Save it on your cell phone, 844-416-8123. No better place to send your comments, ask questions, win prizes. Onsideradio.com, the only choice for the South Florida sports fan. Join the Inter-Miami family in 2021 by becoming a 2021 season ticket member. Enjoy enhanced access benefits and pricing not available to general fans. Visit intermiamicf.com slash tickets for more information. Hey Panthers fans, Dave Dwork here with some awesome news. Every Saturday, I'm going to bring you the latest on everything to do with the Florida Panthers with Chirping the Cats Radio. Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m., we'll dive into the state of the team, recap games, and hear from past and present Panthers players, and plenty of other great hockey guests too. Got questions about the Panthers? Call or text the show and we'll break it down. Don't miss Chirping the Cats Radio, Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m., only on OnsideRadio.com. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things, too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer. Reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life, including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. We live in challenging times, and we understand you have questions about how you're going to take care of your family and yourself. Well, you can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. Throughout the day, and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect, but together we'll make it through this. So let's be safe. Let's be calm.
station. Listen to OnSideRadio.com anywhere by downloading the MyTuner Radio app in your app store. Or go to MyTunerRadio.com on your web browser. OnSideRadio.com. South Florida sports leader. Welcome back to Romberg and Korge. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korge. Back in the house with Romberg and Korch. Thanks for joining us. Want to give a shout out to a few people watching here at Miami Community News on our social media. Chris Wolf, want to say hello. David Arbetter, boy, those man. hot dogs. Yeah, we got to, I, I got to get up with him again, man. Remember, we got the Rom Dog. We got to get that thing going that Rom, on. Yeah, though, I forgot about the Rom Dog. The damn Rom Dog. Yeah, uh, Naomi Alonzo, uh, uh, my daughter watching him. She was That's a peek, new- huh? Gee, that's unusual. Probably wondering where the hell you're at. You're yeah. supposed to go over. And, yeah, and I'm going. Up, I'm huh? on my way, Naomi. On my way. Mario Toka, Wendy Camelor, Tom Mitchell, Neil Richardson, my old uh, uh, buddy from the JCs, Julie Cooper, Maria Alvarez, Vincent Paris. That's an old high school buddy right there. What, what, the JC is that like the Jewish Community Center? No, 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 no. I thought you were talking about the, the JC. The, the JCs are a, a. It's an organization for young professionals. It was a lot of fun. When I got out of college, I got involved in the Coconut Grove JCs, and we would raise money for all sorts of charities and get drunk a lot. Cool. Basically, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, enough said. That's good. That's, that's all a, you that's need a, to know. That's a good excuse right there. There you We're go. raising money for you. Leave us alone. Yeah, I like that. There you go. So tomorrow we'll have a great show. An old friend of mine, former WIOD sports director, Phil Latzman, is going to join us for the last half hour of the program. Phil is, as I said, an old friend. He, he he lives in Arizona with his wife, Jillian, now. And they're here visiting South Florida. Oh, cool. um, and so we'll talk to him about sports, a little bit about sports. He, he Phil, did the pregame show for the Miami Heat for many years here. Oh, cool. Okay. In the South Florida market. So he's big on basketball, football. And let's hear that. What is that? That's the one. That's the one. Who's That's- that? Is that a kid saying that? And, and I'm curious that Neil Rogers used to play that soundbite all the time. And I'm not exactly sure of the, the reference or, or the history behind that soundbite. Maybe Phil will be able to edify oh, I'm sure us I'm on sure that. I'm sure he, I'm sure he, I'm sure Romberg, you will get along with him famously. So, so as we leave the program today, um, Still no other no word updated word on the college football playoff, but I could I'm gonna guess if all you know parties that be, I think they both want full rosters and they're gonna go ahead and postpone it. This is gonna suck because I, there's a lot that goes into a national championship. I was gonna like, say imagine how like do you Super do that? Bowl, you know what I mean? Going yeah. into a city, you gotta have logistics all planned out, you know, restaurants, events, all that other stuff that usually happens. So postponing that for one more week. And I imagine coming into the Mecca of Miami too, as well during you know every day when we're pumping out ten to fifteen thousand numbers, you know that's kind of that's kind of a, a dangerous situation as well too. So yeah, I, I'm okay with another week. I could wait another week. Hell, why not? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot a lot going on. Well, there is the NFL playoffs, but this doesn't seem to exactly cross paths with that. And right, because ter- it's a Monday night, right? Yeah, there's no right. more Monday night football. 
basketball too. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, if they have to move it back another week, I'm with you. Yeah. We got to get it right. We want the right players, all the top line players. And I'm like with you, uh, Brett, I really think this is going to be a classic national championship. Yeah, game. I think this is going to be a really good one to watch, you know, um, whether it's the two-story programs or not, but just what I saw happening up front with the football where like behemoths, like men, 20-year-old, 21-year-old men that are grabbing each other and throwing each other around. Like that's going to be a very physical game because yes, you know, you do have illustrious skilled positions on both sides of the football, but I think it's going to come down to those big war daddies up front, man, the hogs. It, it really will. And they are mighty big, especially monsters. at Alabama, man. Ooh. They are they are monsters. Have you have you ever seen? I mean, I just you know, as much as I think it's going to be a great game, the other side of me says, man, I've just never seen anything like this Alabama program. They're they're uh you know they're skilled position players. When you look at Her uh, Najee Harris, you look at they got their uh, wide Devontae receiver back Smith. too, right? Now that that one wide receiver is back, the one that snapped his foot at the beginning yes. of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, oh. when you look at their skill position players, I've never seen that run by Harris in the in the semifinal game against Notre Dame when he literally, you know, uh, uh, went right over the tackling defender yeah. uh, and didn't miss a step in no. the process. It's just the the. Do you think that they're more? I I I know you're going to say no because guys who played in the '80s say no too. But are these guys just at another level again from when you played? college football 20 years ago I, I don't think to be honest with you i've never been asked do i think that the alabama of today can beat the university of miami of yesterday it's a great question it's a really good question um i don't know man like I, <laughs> you know me i'll say canes all day for everything of course but to be perfectly honest with you I, i've never seen a dynasty hold its reign other than the new england patriots for as long as they are like you're almost guaranteed College football playoff every single year with these guys. Like I mean, as good guaranteed. As, I mean, as good as the Hurricanes dynasty was between the longevity, nowhere near what's going on right now. I Nick mean, Saban it's un—it's oh. unbelievable. It's uncanny. The, and 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 the reload that is continuously happening over there too. That's one of the most you know sought after things in college football now. Where you know you're going to lose your guy after a year or two, but yet you know you got another guy waiting in the reins, and nobody's leaving Alabama. You know what I mean? It's like. Very rare you're going to get guys that are going to be leaving Alabama to go elsewhere. People are waiting their turn to play over there, which is says a lot about that program. It certainly does. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed bringing you Romberg and Korch tonight right here on Onside Radio and at Miami Community News. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tony Fiorentino, for joining us today. Great heat insight. Thank you, Brett Romberg, as always. And thank you, everyone listening, for joining us today here in Romberg Court. Are we drinking tomorrow or what? We better be drinking tomorrow. To, right? Tommy, I think Tommy will go into an epileptic fit if he doesn't have a beer in his hand tomorrow. Yeah, this has really been rough, bro. I'm starting to shaking over here. I, I got to get to this. I, I, I got to get to the tavern. Well, we'll <laughs> we'll do that tomorrow again. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on Romberg and Court. And remember, you're listening to the only locally owned sports station in South Florida, onsideradio.com. <laughs>